Welcome to Your Divorce Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified divorce coach, event expert, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that with a powerful planning partner, you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster. Without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a great show for you today. My guest, Jared Hanning, is an award-winning speaker, has been featured on ABC Nightline, spoken on stages all across the country, has clients all across the world, has delivered four TEDx talks related to mindset performance, and been chosen by TED Global as the featured speaker of the week. He specializes in a Nobel-nominated process that teaches you how to think at a higher level and allows you to access different parts of your brain on demand. Jared, welcome to the podcast. God, happy to be here. So today we're going to dive into what I would consider kind of a different view of mindset than what a lot of self-development and coaches talk about. It's much more science-based, driven by data. You have a whole process that you use. And fun fact, I recently had the privilege of experiencing mindset performance with Jared earlier this week. So we might get into that, we might not, but I'm just excited to share this chat today because in our initial connection call, you said something that made me so happy to hear. And that is that mindset is a skill. And that was a relief to me because I think so many people in the growth space pitch mindset as Just think more positively. Just say more affirmations. Be more encouraging to yourself. But what we're going to talk to today is a really different perspective, a fresh perspective on what mindset really feels like, looks like, as well as what we can do to actually help ourselves have the freedom to move forward. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Uh, maybe you can first start by sharing a little bit about you and your story and how did you even get to this work? Why this? Why now? Why this? Why now? Um, about me, I would probably first share that I'm a baseball dad, got a 13-year-old, and we play baseball about 20 hours a week. Loads of private lessons and travel and all over the country. We're in it pretty deep. Uh, so that's a big part of my life. I didn't play baseball growing up. I'm just kind of having to learn on the fly. Previously, I spent 20 years full-time classical music. And what some people don't know, um, but this is really true of any music, is that when you are co-creating with the music, meaning you're not just listening passively, but you're singing along to the radio, maybe. So that would be co-creating. You're using more different parts of your brain in that moment than any other activity. And this is a sharp contrast to athletic performance, where the better your body's performing, the less of your brain you're using. What that means is, If you can tap in to those other parts of your brain on purpose, then it changes your feeling of being stuck in a situation. It changes your creativity, your innovation, your self-expression, your freedom, your power. So when I was in classical music, I was teaching people how to activate those networks on purpose. Um, But then about 15 years ago, I had a change um, where we began to be able to map out how you were currently using your mindset and your resources. And that gives us like a map. Now we can get you out of the weeds. 
And mm. so that's the work we're doing now in mindset performance. Um, small distinction, if, if I could make a small distinction um, from the introduction, we don't necessarily teach you, we more train you. Mm. Um, we rewire those thinking patterns with exercises called mindset push-ups. And you can feel your brain making new connections while it's happening. So if you've ever felt stuck, if you've ever felt like you've got bad self-esteem or don't have enough confidence, don't have enough clarity, that's what we do here. Um, we actually put that confidence inside your body. And when your body feels it, it causes your brain to start building new networks. And those become thinking patterns that you have the rest of your life. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I just want our listeners to hear that. When your body feels it, you start making different connections. Yes, ma'am. We I, uh, believe yeah, strongly that you can't change thinking with more thinking. Mm. Um, knowing what to do does not make a difference. It just doesn't. Like you can point to any area of your life. You know what to do. You're not doing it. It seems like knowing what to do should make a difference, but it doesn't. Even worse, you can think of times maybe where you're trying to cheer someone else up and you're like, oh, no, no, it's like this. No, you need to think like this. this. And the more you try to cheer them up, the more they dig in their heels. Or maybe somebody was trying to cheer you up and you're like, oh, no, that's not true at all. You, you're like, and the more they tried to cheer you up, the more you felt resistant and resentful and dug in and closed off. And that's because you can't change thinking problems with more thinking. It doesn't work that way. You have to go through the body. How do you use the body in that way? How do we make those adjustments when we're so conditioned to go for the brain first, go for the mind first? Like, I just got to think about it more. I got to think about it more. I've had days where I'm stuck at my desk, just trying to think my way out of a situation, like almost telling myself, you're not smart enough to figure this out. Maybe you need to read something more. And I mean, this actually kind of relates, it very much relates to perhaps some of the folks listening to this on divorce. When I first got divorced, I would tell myself, okay, well, you just need to read more books and you need to listen to more podcasts and you need to find the answers. And I got so frustrated spending every Saturday in Barnes and Noble trying to find a book about how to stop feeling like crap after divorce. And I never found one. I just never found one. And now I think people are writing books about different things, but I still don't think that's the answer because it's a very mind-based answer. And so much of my coaching is body-based teaching, which isn't well explained on the front side. But once people get in and they start experiencing things like breath work, I use a lot of breath work in my coaching and I use different tools and techniques to get in the body first and uncover and discover what's really in there and shake things up. Then we're able to actually have what I call a better partnership with the mind. So how does that work in your world, in your experience with trying to make those shifts so hard mentally? How do we get ourselves to like, Stop trying to force the brain to figure it out. So we do that with a series of exercises called mindset push-ups. And just like a real physical push-up rewires your nervous system and begins to change your chemistry and your metabolism, a mindset push-up is the same. It rewires your neural networks 
and begins to change the strategies and thinking patterns that your mind is using for those problems. And this is experiential. It's something that you experience. And once you feel it inside, you have it the rest of your life. Um, mm. The Probably the best illustration I would give is learning to ride a bicycle. This is what I would refer to as a kind of a mindset push-up. And it has to do with learning this new skill, riding a bicycle. And as I tell the story, just imagine mindset push-ups, but put in your body that sense of clarity for what life's calling you to next and what your skill set is and what your genius is. Put into your body that sense of confidence that not only you can have it, but it's what life's calling you to. You should have it. It is for you. And so now you're going after it with a little bit more drive and hunger to put into your body that sense of congruence and confidence and certainty and different Mm -hmm. exercises for that, for different situations in your life. Some for relationships, some for business, some for health. So just as you're imagining little exercises that when you do them, they flip that switch inside your body while I'm telling this illustration of riding a bicycle. When you're five years old and you're learning to ride a bicycle, they take off the training wheels. They take off the training wheels, you're a little wobbly. You don't have it yet. And while you're trying to get it down, your crazy Aunt Jenny comes by with some very accurate, very well-meaning advice. And she says, What you need to do is go faster because when you go faster, it's easier to balance. And you think to yourself, that is the dumbest idea I have ever heard. (laughs) Now, let's let's go to modern adult life where you have a problem with your health or relationship or business or whatever's going on. And you go to a seminar or you read a book or you have a, a, a trusted, experienced expert advisor and they give you very accurate, very well intentioned advice. And your brain goes, no, no, see, that won't work in my situation because of this. Mm. Information doesn't make a difference. So on the bicycle, what happened is that one day your body felt this new sensation called balanced. And the instant your body felt that energy inside, your brain instantly rewired itself and went, okay, got it. Now I understand. This is the important part, though. Before your body felt that, no amount of information made a difference. After your body felt that, no amount of information was needed, and it was a connection you had the rest of your life. You didn't have to keep practicing riding a bicycle. Once you have that new connection, you have it the rest of your life. So at the Mindset Gym and Mindset Performance, we're making those connections through these mindset push-up exercises. And now you have a new connection for clarity, a new connection for confidence and certainty and congruence and peace. Mm. And you have them the rest of your life. I am obsessed with everything that you just said. Information doesn't make a difference. The body holds the key. I subscribe to a mantra that of a bottom-up approach, which is from the body from the base to the top. And I think a lot of current coaches, some current coaches, I won't say a lot, some current coaches teach from the mindset down. And I think if we can get more people to get their body on board to make those new connections that you're talking about, game changer. I I love this. For, I don't know, depression or feeling stuck or self-esteem or whatever, I do think the word self-esteem is redundant. Mm. 
there is only esteem. <laughs> and esteem is only you thinking about yourself. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a little redundant. Any which way. For those matters, for those matters that we talk about, it's so easy to beat yourself up. What's wrong with me? Why can't I get it together? Why am I stuck? How come I see other people moving forward, but I'm still like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get it together? You know, am I not smart enough? Blah, blah, blah. So easy to beat yourself up. Yeah. Imagine, if you will, that you get some Chef Boyardee alphabet soup and you pour it into your bowl and you look in the bowl and for whatever reason, just random manufacturer error, whatever reason, you didn't get the full alphabet in your bowl. All you got was letter S, letter A, and letter D. Those were the only letter in the whole can, a whole bunch of S's, A's, and D's. That's all you had. <laughs> so you're looking in this bowl. Would you beat yourself up for not being able to spell words like happy, fulfilled, content? No, you wouldn't. You'd be like, I don't have the letters for that. Which is what it's like trying to think your way out of a problem. What are thoughts? They're just chemicals, little chemical impulses, little electrical impulses. Without the chemicals and the electrical signals, your brain doesn't have the building materials it needs to form those new thinking patterns. Mm. The beauty is, with the right chemicals and electrical impulses, your brain forms them naturally on its own. Now. We experience this all the freaking time. Uh, for some people who drink coffee, they wake up and before they've had their first cup of coffee that day, they have exactly zero expectations for their focus, for their energy, for their attitude, for their mental clarity. They have zero expectations at all. And then they have that cup of coffee and they're like, yes, I'm going to take on the world. And... <laughs> The frustration with that is that after they have that cup of coffee, they think that they are motivated and driven, and that's just who they are, and that's just, they've always been that way, and that's just their personality, because it feels like that's who you are, mm. but it's not. It was a chemical change in your brain that set the whole thing off, and without that chemical change, you now spend the rest of the day beating yourself up. However... Let's go to different issues. You now feel stuck in that relationship. You now feel stuck in that relationship, maybe with your own body, with your own health. You maybe feel stuck in that relationship with your business or your income. And you go to work beating yourself up. What's wrong with me? Why can't I figure this out? Why can't I get it together? You can let yourself off the hook mm. because without the right building materials, your brain just can't form new thinking patterns. We don't know what we don't know. Like, I think a lot of times we don't know. I know before I started doing so much of the work that I teach now, I didn't even know that other things were available to me. I didn't know that other ways of being were available to me. We're not taught many of these things in traditional school, in college, in our workplaces and spaces a lot of times. And so it can be easy to beat yourself up and tear yourself down when you feel like you're missing something. One of the things I didn't share with you when we started our call the other day to review my mind scan, and I didn't share this with you because I didn't think about it until just this moment, was that I think you started the call something along the lines of like, what are you hoping to get out of this call, 
right? And I really was at the approach of, I just want to be curious and, and learn some things about myself. What I didn't realize is even deeper than that, I wanted you to try to tell me what I was missing. What am I missing? How am I not adding up? Well, this mind scan has a potential to just tell me that I can be better than I am right now. Does that make sense? Like I must be missing something and he's going to see it. He's going to tell me. And to some extent, you showed me a lot of what I thought were missing pieces, but you presented them as simply opportunities. They are. They are opportunities. They aren't the right opportunities. They aren't the most good opportunities. They aren't the best opportunities. They're simply alternate ways of thinking, mm. alternate ways of leveraging your natural resources. That doesn't mean that you should. It just means, hey, if what you have isn't currently working, here are some other resources you have available that you could use. Yeah. I love that so much because a lot of what was revealed on my scan and we don't have to go, we, we don't have time to go through. I mean, there's just oh, so, come there's on, so Heidi, You want to go into it? Well, you can use my scan, but I, it really was like, I thought that it was going to tell me you suck at this, you're great at this, but it actually showed me like, wow, you actually, you know, some things and maybe you're unaware of some things. And I, <laughs> I looked at my sheet and went, wow, I'm doing better than I thought. Yes. <laughs> so yes. yeah, I mean, let the, we can dive into it. I wasn't sure if you wanted to talk about the scan specifically, but let's, let's talk about the mind scan. What is it and what does it reveal to us? Uh, so the mind scan is based on the Nobel nominated work of Robert Hartman uh, in the 1950s. And what it reveals is the link between your values, your morality, your assessment of goodness and badness in the world, and your day-to-day -day life experience. Mm. And you would think there wouldn't, shouldn't be a connection. Like what's good is good, what's bad is bad. What does that have to do with why I can't lose weight, why I don't have enough money, why I'm not in the right relationship? Like I don't understand. It's bad that I can't lose weight. It's bad that I don't have those. That's what you would think. But when we map out those thinking patterns, those strategic ways of making decisions, those processes, we realize that your brain is actually incentivized to keep finding the same solutions that aren't working for you. It's this dopamine loop. It's seeking out opportunities to keep thinking that way, even if thinking that way doesn't serve your life. Well, one of the things that you revealed in relation to what you just said is that my brain is wired that the more action that I take, like yes. the better things are going to be for me. You say it much more eloquently, but it was like action, 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 action. And every time I get that hit of dopamine, it goes, see, you got to take more action. You find, I maybe, it, what did you say? I find value in action or how did you word it? Um, so that is a strategic way of thinking that tends to value action. The belief is the more action you take, the more results you get. And this is very logical and reasonable. How are you possibly going to argue with this? I mean, but that's the truth. The more action you take, you can't. That's the thing with thinking patterns. They all make sense. You are absolutely right about the things you're right about. That makes total sense. What we have a chance to examine in the mind scan is if it's not working for you, 
here are some other thinking patterns that other people in similar situations to you were employing. And that's why they kept growing, succeeding, more freedom, more income, better health, just because their brain was seeking dopamine from trying to solve patterns in this way. But I'm sorry, that was too much. Let's get back to action gets results. Yes, this is a strategic way of thinking. It is very great for a lot of situations. It's the downside. When your brain is set that more action gets more results, then it just looks for more things to do. Yes. Because the more thing it finds to do, the more right it feels, the more dopamine and pleasure it gets. The problem is doing things is a bad strategy that we cannot solve with stubbornness. The people that tend to value taking action the most have limited results. They're working harder and faster every day, but they're not growing. Their business has been at the same income for the past five years. Their relationship has been at the same level for the past five years. Their health Mm. has been the same for the past five years. Mm -hmm. It seems like it should work, but the people who value getting results, well, let's look at their to-do list. There is always more on their to-do list than there is time to get done. Working harder and faster never clears it up. Mm. It seems like it should work. It's logical. It's reasonable. It's rational. It just doesn't create more free time. It doesn't create more income. It doesn't create more results. It only creates more dopamine. That is so powerful. Have you seen any, call it a trend or a link to someone who has that high level of action value to perfectionism? Have you seen that at all in your studies and clients? No, I have not. That perfectionism is a different metric that we track. People that are high action, that value action, prioritize action, will argue you into the ground that action is the most important thing. They tend to have messy desks. They tend to have messy cars. They tend to have messy finances. They can't tell you how they spent their time. They can't tell you where their money went. They'll go days, weeks at a time, and they don't really know what they did. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very inefficient, chaotic unorganized. There's a low quality of results. The the attitude is, well, I can do it better faster. And so it's better for me to just do it right now because it's only going to take me 10 minutes, but it's going to take me 20 minutes by the time I delegate it. So it's just better for me to do it right now. The trade-off is because you're trying to do everything, you're not really good at anything. So you're giving up quality in the name of, but I can do it right now in five minutes. There's a different trait, um, a very, this is the way the world should be kind of thinking. I don't want to say idealist, but there are people that have very strong beliefs and this is right and this is wrong and this is the way the world should be. And they go through life very frustrated, constantly railing against a society, but this is the right way to do it. And why aren't we doing it this way? And it should, it's kind of a a black and white thinking. Mm. And when we get into that, pattern. Again, it's a pattern. It's not right. It's not wrong. Either it works for you or it doesn't. When we get into that pattern, that's where we see a lot more perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And that's where we see a lot more not willing to try things because you might not get it right the first time. That's where we see a lot more, well, 
my business is too hard and I couldn't get any leads and I just can't get any customers. And, but I tried dieting and I didn't lose weight. No, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Do it a hundred times a day for 90 days straight. But we don't want to do that. We don't do that because of the black and white thinking causes us to avoid anything that isn't instantly effortlessly perfect. That's where I tend to see that. It's a different metric in the mind scan. Mm, Thanks for sharing that. That's really, 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 really interesting. Another thing that my scan had revealed, and I was wondering if you could expand on it because I'm fascinated with it. One of the things that you explained to me was not being able to view emotion as currency. Can you talk Ah. about what category that fell into and what that reveals, why that's important, not being able to view emotion as currency? So um, currency, Uh, currency is just a means of exchange. So we can trade action for results. The lie we tell ourselves is that we can trade action for time, but it doesn't work that way. Um, Mm. Action only creates more action. It's like email. Email isn't a productivity tool because every email you send just generates two more emails that have to be read by somebody. Um, (laughs) It's the great dread I have when I get a text message from a marketer who got my number from someplace and they send me their opening cold pitch and I have to type stop so that I'm taken out of their database. But as soon as I type stop, I get another message to read. You've been taken out of our database. Don't worry. Like it doesn't, it only creates more work, more Mm. things to read. Okay. so. We can trade action for results. We can trade time for action. We can trade time for results. We can trade money, right? Money for results. We can trade money for time. Emotion is the same. Emotion is a currency, a means of trade. We can trade emotion for energy. We can trade emotion for thinking patterns. We can trade emotion for clarity, peace, confidence. Mm. Um, We can trade emotion for activating new networks in our head, activating new networks in our body. Mm. The thing though, is that emotion for some people, not for everybody, but for some people, emotion shows up as not currency. Well, that's stupid. I mean, we're lost in the woods. It doesn't matter how you feel. If we're lost, we still have to go. Well, that's stupid. I have bills to pay. I have responsibilities. Doesn't matter how I feel. I still have to pay these bills. So for some people, emotion shows up as kind of a, a nuisance, a distraction, a, a waste of time. Mm. You can't argue with that, right? If we're lost in the woods, it doesn't matter how you feel. Either you get moving or you get eight. It's just like action gets more results. How are you supposed to argue with that? And that's the thing. Whatever you're right about, you're right about. There's no point in arguing about it. It's just, does it serve you? Do you have more income every year? Do you have better health every year? Do you have better relationship every year? If it's not serving you, then maybe being right is a distraction. So emotion Mm. and currency. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. For some people, not for everybody, um, but for some people who tend to prioritize action and results, they tend to discount emotion and planning. Tend to, not always. And so it's this feeling, there's no sense writing it down because by the time I get to write it down, I could have done it anyways. There's no sense documenting this process because by the time I build a manual for it, I could have done And I don't have someone to delegate it to anyways. It doesn't necessarily matter how you feel because if you would just be taking these actions, you would have gotten the results by now. Um, mm. Why are we still here in this meeting talking about it? I was clear five minutes, you know, I could have just done it by now. You're wasting my time. 
Yeah. It's this feeling that emotion and planning, for some people, for some people, that emotion and planning is, is counterproductive. What we find, though, in as we're mapping out these thinking patterns for thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs, is that the entrepreneurs who tend to prioritize how the other person is feeling tend to prioritize how they're feeling based on things that are emotionally meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. When they tend to prioritize that, what they end up with is more free time and more results to show for it. Because mm-hmm. all these people around them are constantly referring them out and giving them resources and pulling things off their plate and proactively trying to figure out what they're getting at. Um, this is a big thing in relationships. You know, why don't they understand me? Why don't they see me? Why don't they value me? Well, that's one of the byproducts. When the brain tends to discount emotion as currency, it puts these little filters in the other people's ears. And it's almost like they purposely misunderstand you. But -hmm. when the brain begins to prioritize the other person's emotional experience in terms that are meaningful to them, that's the key. Usually it's stupid for us. We think that's dumb, but to them it's meaningful. When the brain does that in terms that are meaningful to them, it takes those filters out of their ears. And now it's like they're proactively really trying to get at the heart of what you're saying. They really fully want to take it in and they listen with incredible intensity. And it's just a byproduct of that thinking pattern. Are we leveraging emotion as currency? Mm, That is really, I hope you guys find this as interesting as I do. Every time you share little segments of this, it's so powerful and my body just goes, whoa, this is a game changer. This is really, really big. There was something on your website that I wanted to see if we could tap into. And it was the three mistakes that people make. And it was like a to-do list, working harder and faster, trying to work smarter. Can you talk about those mistakes and why are they mistakes? The first one was huge for me, as you know, because you know, my planner brain loves a good list. And after you shared this with me, I've been trying to not use or even create a to-do list, which is mind-blowing to my brain. So why is using a to-do list a mistake? So yeah, we'll talk about the three common pitfalls of productivity. Ooh. Um, and the, the idea is right. If I get more done, then I'm going to make more money. That's the, yes. the story we tell ourselves. And then we're going to talk about kind of the underlying principles behind those mistakes. Okay. Because when you get those principles, you understand how much freedom is available to you in your health mm. and your relationships. And if you're going through divorce and feeling stuck, when you get these principles, you'll just see immediately how much freedom is available to you. So productivity because that's a, a simpler thing, you know, to-do list, right? Here's the thing with to-do list. They keep you from getting anything done and they lower your income. And I know that that sounds counterintuitive, but I'm making a list and I'm checking things off. That's true, you are. And tomorrow you're going to have to make another list and check things off. It doesn't move the ball forward. And there's a couple of reasons for this. The reason it keeps you from getting anything done is because whenever you do something, the fact that you did it means that there wasn't a system or a process in place to do it for you. And so tomorrow, you're still on the hook to do it. Mm. Doing things only ensures that you have more things that you're going to have to do in the future. But thankfully, there's the thinking pattern that values action. And so for that person, they're like, great, 
because I love doing stuff. I feel so much dopamine. I feel like I'm getting things done, but you're not. You're just doing the same thing over and over and over. There's no growth in that. There's no progress. Whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter how good you are at it or how fast you get it done. In that block of time that you're trying to get something done, there's 27 other things that aren't getting done. Mm. Trying to get things done by taking the action is a bad strategy that we cannot solve no matter how stubborn we are. But it gets worse than that. Now let's take a look at why to-do lists destroy your income. You can glance at your to-do list right now. And if you're listening to this podcast, just hit pause and get your to-do list out and take a look at it. Go down your to-do list, and I want you to put a dollar figure next to each item on that list. What would it cost you to have a virtual assistant handling the scheduling for you, handling the emails for you, handling um, the research for you, handling the contracts for you, handling the reach out for you? Mm. Provided, provided, here's the deal, provided that person had the right system to follow. Okay, these are the three most important things. This is what it looks like when it's done right. This is what it looks like when it's not wrong. If this goes wrong, these are the three things you can do to take care of it. Provided it was McDonald's, okay? Multi-billion dollar corporation that is run completely on the lowest educated, lowest motivated staff. And the reason it works is because of the quality of the systems. They've built it down into such tiny steps mm. that even a monkey couldn't screw that up. Mm. So take a look at your to-do list. What would you have to pay for each individual task to get it done by an assistant, a virtual assistant, a contractor, a laborer, somebody else, provided that person had the step one, step two, step three process to follow. And you'll find that at least 90% of your to-do list could be outsourced for $15 an hour. So the more time you spend in your to-do list checking things off, feeling like you're getting things done, you are just celebrating the fact that you are paying yourself the lowest amount possible. Mm. Using a to-do list kills your income and it kills your productivity. Now, there's another thing that using a to-do list kills, and that kills your sense of fulfillment and purpose. When you wake up in the morning, you know good and well the single most important thing to do that day. Mm. To write another chapter in your book, to create that training program, to reach out for those speaking opportunities. You know the single most important thing that will make the biggest difference, that will move the world. And what do you do? You sit down, you look at your to-do list <laughs> that is filled with everything but that. And you say to yourself, well, that's so important that I need more time to focus on it. So I'm just going to check these little things off my to-do list. And that way I will create more time this afternoon so I can really focus on that. And what happens? Never Life do it. happens. It never gets around to it. And so day after day after day, you wake up clear what life is calling you to. And your first action is to spend your day in what life is not calling you to. It kills your income, it kills your productivity, it kills your purpose and fulfillment. Those are the three common pitfalls based on a common strategy, thinking pattern that says action gets results. Now, if we could, oh, we'll pause here for a little bit, um, and then I would like to jump into the principles that are underlying yes. those, because that is very applicable to divorce and feeling stuck. Yeah. 
Um, would you like to talk about any more about productivity or before we that, go into that? I would love to go into the principles. That sounds amazing. Let's go into the principles in that. Thinking patterns. Remember, you're right about what you're right about and being right doesn't move the needle. Doesn't make a difference. The more you write you are about why they're wrong, the more miserable you are and the less your life works. Mm. Being right is candy. It's a trinket. It's a distraction. It doesn't actually make a difference in the world. Now, here are the three principles that are undergirding that. Number one, your divorce, your marriage, your health, your relationship to your health, your finances, your work, whatever it is, your kids, whatever that situation is, right now, you are doing everything that you know to do. If there was something else you could be doing, you'd be doing it. You're not a slacker. Mm. You're doing everything you can for that right now. You're not not trying. You're doing everything that makes sense. In your situation, these are your circumstances. This is what you have to work with. This will work. That won't work. You're doing everything that you can, everything that'll work with what you have to work with right now. Pat yourself on the back. You're not a slacker. You're doing what you can. What that means is that working harder isn't going to make a difference, or it would have by now. Number two, everything that you're doing makes sense. It's logical, it's reasonable, it's rational. You're absolutely right about it. Everything you're doing makes total sense. And if it's not working for you, right? If the relationship still isn't working, or you're still feeling stuck, or you don't, your health isn't serving you, or your finances aren't serving you, or your business, or whatever it is, if it's still not working for you, then what that means is that working smarter also isn't going to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Or it would have by now. Working smarter is incredibly deceitful because the brain can only think of what already makes sense. So working smarter just has your brain coming up with more of the same strategies. So working harder isn't going to fix it or it would have by now. Working smarter isn't going to fix it or it would have by now. What that means is number three, your breakthrough, your path to freedom, the absolute transformation of that situation so it never exists again in your world. That will first sound like a bad idea because if it made sense to do, you would already be doing it. And this takes us back to where we started with the bicycle analogy. Before you felt balance, no amount of explanation made a difference. Mm. After you felt balance, no amount of explanation was needed, and you had that the rest of your life. So at the Mindset Gym, we don't tell you what to do. We train you how to think with exercises called mindset push-ups. Because once you feel clarity, once you feel confident, you then understand what creates it, and you have that resource the rest of your life. That is so powerful. I'm so grateful that I was introduced to you because you are a wealth of knowledge. And there, I think we could probably talk for two more hours. So we might have to have you back on and we might have to have a deeper discussion. But I have a few closing questions that I always ask our guests if you would indulge. Uh, happy to help. The first one is what's one thing, and it could be something we've already discussed. What's one thing that our listeners can start? doing today to create their comeback? Okay. Change is scary. There's no way around that. It's just scary. So I'm going to give you three steps. The first one is acknowledging that it's going to be scary. Are you willing 
to feel uncomfortable? Are you willing to feel scared and stay on that path? Because you know where the path leads. Are you willing to start that course of action now, even though you're terrified and it's not comfortable and it doesn't make sense and it doesn't seem like it's a good idea? Are you willing to be uncomfortable and still take action? Because change is scary. There's not any way out of that unless, of course, you do the mindset push-up for it. Number two, I want you to write a list of 25 things that you absolutely, absolutely must have to seen, feel, do, accomplish, experience in your life. Write a list of 25 things. I want to see Paris. I want to see my kids graduate. I want to return to the body I had in my mid-20s and the level of outdoor activity that I had. Whatever it is, these are 25 things. I want to write a book. I don't care. 25 things that you absolutely have to do. Now take that list of 25 and I want you to pull out the top five. The top five that I absolutely have to have to must to must. So there is no way that I am willing to finish this life without this. Mm. Absolutely not. Pull out the top five. And now I want you to throw away the bottom 20. Because while they are good things, they will keep you from the great things. You have to be willing to cut off good things. Because they are pulling resources, time, energy, attention, scattered brain, split focus from the great things. This is a hard decision. But if you're willing to be uncomfortable and stay on course because you know where that path leads, and if you're willing to say no to things that are good, but they aren't great, you're willing to make that decision to decide to cut off, you will find yourself on the path to freedom. That's so good. I'm going to be doing that exercise for sure for myself. That is amazing. The second part of our closing is how can people get more Jared in their life? How can they get mindset performance and more of you in their life? Reach out to Heidi. She's got my contact information and uh, we can have a virtual coffee if you just want to chat. Happy to chat. Don't miss out on that opportunity. Better than that, I would say if you've heard some of these ideas and concepts, which by the way, we actually ran out of time and weren't able to share case studies and actual real world transformations from people in the trenches, you know, getting divorced, uh, losing time with their kids and the difference it made for their thinking and their freedom. Hopefully we can share those someday. So better than that, if I've shared anything with you that maybe has pissed you off or irritated you or perplexed you, or maybe you've been wondering, hmm, Maybe there is something to that, but I, I can't figure it out. I'm not, I can't put my finger on it. I would offer you this. Don't take my word for anything I've said. Don't believe me. Don't. Try it for yourself and see if you think it's a good fit for your situation. The best way to try it, you can go to the website, mindsetperformance.co. You can take the mind scan for yourself. And right there, you can not only see but you can personally experience what your mindset is capable of. Mm. Just try it for yourself. Mindsetperformance.co. Awesome. What is one thing that you love about you? Okay, I have some extreme values in some cases. My relationship with my son, it's more important to me, the quality of that relationship over the long time, over the long haul. Should he get married? And he's having to decide who he wants to be his best man. 
I would want my name in the hat. I would at least want to be in the running. So because of that, the little things, there's nothing to be upset about. There's no need crashing the ship because he cleaned his room four times this week instead of five. There's no need crashing the ship because he didn't want to study for that test. I care about the long haul. And that has saved me a host of conflicts and unnecessary stress. Um, I'm very thankful for having that value. The other thing that I would say about myself is I have a tendency to, there's a way to do it. Meaning when I get stuck in my life, when I have a problem that I can't fix or something that isn't working, my brain naturally goes, there's a way to do this. Somebody knows how to do this. And so I can just go find out what the steps are and then I can do those steps and now I can do it. And that has served me for a long time and I'm very thankful that my brain just happens to do that. Love that. Thank you for sharing those things about yourself. And our last question is a body-based question. So maybe you'll enjoy this one. What does joy feel like in your body? Joy for my body is kind of a bubbly, bluish, circle-ish energy that is just above my stomach. It doesn't sit still very well. It tends to spread through my body. And as it does, I tend to experience less of my body, if you will, and more of just that state. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's an awesome description. I can feel that color within myself when you say that. It's really interesting how that happens. Well, I am very grateful for you, for this conversation, for your time, for your energy, for your knowledge, for your vulnerability. So thank you for being a part of the show today. Thanks for having me. And to everybody else, thanks for tuning in. Remember, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Go out into the world, shine your light bright, and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would, take a quick screenshot and share it now or leave a five-star review so this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at Your Divorce Planner or go to yourdivorceplannerhub.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with Your Divorce Planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Take care.